I was hanging out with Jerry Rice for a little while, randomly. He was coming into a bar I was DJing at. And uh, I had a friend who was doing events with the Chargers. And I was like, man, how awesome would that be to work in sports, uh, like DJ for all those people, or, you know, just, just to be a part of that. Welcome, season two of the Beat Talks podcast. I'm your host, DJ Ruscha, the official DJ for the Los Angeles Lakers and AVP Pro Beach Volleyball Tour. Season two, you're going to get a lot of what you got in season one. I'm chatting with DJs and music directors from all over the sports world, and we're kicking off season two with DJ Joe Green, Las Vegas native. He's the DJ slash music director for the Las Vegas Golden Knights, the Las Vegas Aces, and the Las Vegas Raiders. That's right, NFL, WNBA, NHL, he does it all. We'll hear about what it was like growing up in Las Vegas what it's like working with all of the different teams. We cover a few social media questions from you guys. So without further ado, here's DJ Joe Green. Well, it's different for you out there in Vegas, right? Some things in Los Angeles, they just reopened like outdoor dining. Um, I feel like you've had some outdoor dining open areas. Is that right? Yeah, we can do uh 25% capacity uh, indoor. And then I don't, I don't believe outdoors really changed too much throughout all of it at what at one point for sure like nothing can't do anything but yeah outdoor i believe is still uh been going for a few months that's good i think yeah. well, i'm pretty sure yeah i remember when this first started and like uh i think it's uh dj scene i believe is in las vegas and he was like riding his bike up and down the strip and it was just i've never seen other than in movies where it's like some type of an apocalypse where there's nobody around in Las Vegas. I was like, what is it's it was crazy seeing it with like nobody anywhere. Yeah, that was weird. I, at the time I was like, we're never going to see this again in our lives. Like this yeah. is insane. Yeah. Everything that was that was, depression moment. I was like, Oh, we're screwed. Yeah. That's when I was, that, I think that's when everyone here was like, Oh, this is really real. Cause it happened fast. Like you were, uh, you were doing pack 12 and I was outside uh, doing the like the plaza and then they shut down and I was like at the beginning of the event you know we were six hours in and I was like this is unheard of all right I think because I was reading about it before and I was like I think, I think things are really going to get real now yeah and then from that moment on everything was just chaos well I was definitely going to bring that up later but I'm glad you brought it up now so last year when this thing on March 12th uh you and I we've communicated through social media and uh you're at T-Mobile Arena in the Pac-12. You do a lot of events, obviously, at T-Mobile Arena, and the Pac-12 has their basketball championship there. And I was coming in to do their games inside the arena. You are going to be outside. We were trying to set up a time to meet up. And the first couple of days for me are, you know, 16 to 18-hour days because they have four games inside the arena. It's a long day. It's like, oh, we'll wait till we get closer to the weekend when things get, you know, a little bit lighter for me and I have some free time. And yeah. I remember I had a Lakers game on that Tuesday on the 10th. I drove to Vegas after the Lakers game so I could be there because there's no flights. I wouldn't have made it for the first game Wednesday morning, Wednesday throughout the day. I know you and I talked a little bit, but then you start seeing like, is the NBA canceling some games? There's probably going to be no fans. And then that night, that Wednesday night on the 11th, the Pac-12 was like, okay, we're not going to have fans tomorrow, but we still want you to be here because we want to do music for the players and stuff. I was like, all right, cool. And then went Thursday morning, uh, I was talking with the producer, like, yeah, we're still going to do music. This was like at nine. Here's how we're going to do it. Have an anthem on standby because we don't think we can have anthem singers in there. Yeah, no problem. An hour later, they're like, hey, you're getting on a plane and going home. That's crazy. Yeah. When you got back, was did they cancel the Lakers game? Yeah. They, so I think it was that Wednesday. Um, 
the Lakers had off and they were supposed to have another game on Thursday. We had a meeting that Tuesday that I drove out to Vegas prior to, or after the Lakers game, we had a meeting before that game saying like, look, this is, we're probably not going to have fans maybe Thursday, potentially like at least by Sunday at the latest, we'll do this with no fans. And then when the whole Rudy Gobert thing happened and the NBA shut down, they're like, Nope. So as soon as they shut down, um, that was all happening during the PAC 12 tournament. So like, I'm trying to focus on the games, but I'm like, what else is happening in my life right now? Like, am I gonna have yeah. a job to go back to? Like, am I just moving to Vegas now? Cause I have no jobs to go to like, <laughs> but yeah, that was, it's, it's crazy to talk to you now because that's, that was, that's when it all happened when you and I were going to meet for the first time in person at some point while yeah. I was there. Yeah. yeah. I was looking forward to it, man. I was, uh, I was psyched. And then, uh, they sent us home. My buddy was like, Hey, uh, we're just going to keep your laptop standing here. Cause, uh, <laughs> you can't come in and get it. I got it back like six months later, but <laughs> I didn't need it because we weren't going, we were, yeah, we're, yeah, you don't need it for anything where we could use it for. Yeah. I was just going to prop it up at home. So, uh, you know, it was, it was a wash, but similar situation last night we had, a. Uh, we're, we're launching our AHL team, Silver Knights. And uh, we had the second period was done. We're coming back. All the guys coming out on the ice. Game stopped. All the guys skated back off the ice. We had no idea what was going on. And it ended up one of the players tested positive, and they shut the whole game down going to third period. Oh. That's never unheard of. Unheard of. Now, do you have – this is the – is this the minor league team for the Golden Knights? Okay. Yep. So now, right. are you allowed to have any, uh, any fans in that building? Okay. Nothing. Got it. So it's just kind of like staff workers and stuff. And they're like, okay, you're like, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> and exactly. then they're like, no game is happening. Well, I mean, we had played 66% of the game. So I was like, who, how do you get a result at intermission? Yeah. Someone positive at intermission. How does that even happen? So it was like, I was cool working, but I'm like, there's a lot of people you wasted their time and energy bring them here just to be like, uh, it turns out Steve got sick. So yeah, everybody just go home now. <laughs> yeah, pack it up. Like that's, that's nuts. And then everyone who's around has to get tested now. So yeah, it's it's such a weird time to be to be alive. You know, how many games into the season for the minor league team? Was this was this? our second preseason game. So we only had two. Wow, we had one Friday and then yesterday and then well, kind of yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. And wow. then our inaugural game is next Saturday, hopefully. Man, that's just the reality of the fact that I'm thankful that there's some sports stuff. Like I feel very safe when I go to Staples Center to do Lakers games. Um, yeah. And but this is just the reality we're in. There's so many things out of our control. Right. Uh, right. Like the Lakers haven't had to change any games due to anybody on our team not having enough players on the other team. But like then the Washington Wizards missed like ten games. Like so that's all. Like it's just crazy. Like those things are going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Regardless, right. I think how good everybody handles the situation that they're in, the testing and all that stuff, it's just, this is just the reality that we're in right now. That's, that's, that's kind of what my manager is saying. She was like, dude, we take every precaution, but sometimes things are just kind of out of our hands. Like, we don't know if, uh, if we're flying private, if, if the pilot, you know, is he safe, is who's handling our bags? It's just, there's too many different variables. So we're, we're doing the best we can. And I'm like, yeah, that's, it's just an interesting situation at T-Mobile arena. They take it very seriously. Like they, they have every precaution in place. So we're good. Uh, where I'm at, I'm like in the rafters in a castle. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nobody, I'm, I am the best at uh, social distancing at Lakers games. There is nobody anywhere close to me. <laughs> yeah. I have like uh we have our, our cheerleaders, cheerleaders of Vivas and our drum line. And then even then we're kind of like, 
spaced out. Yeah. Yeah. We'd have to go out of our way to kind of interact. So what's the area? uh, I know there's a name for your area for uh, the hockey team. What is your. The old fortress. The fortress. Yes, that's right. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Fortress is secure so far. Yeah, absolutely. It looks, that looks really cool. I love that. Um, I've seen some games. I've seen some highlights. Obviously I've been in your building. Um, I love how much they highlight you during the games and how much of a part of it that you are. Was that something, it feels very Vegas, right? Like the personality of that team feels very Vegas to me. Does it feel that way to you? Oh, for sure. Like we definitely embrace community with the whole kind of, we're on the strip and it's a party. Everything's loud and big and, and grand. Um, and they put me, uh, what is it? Face fronting or face fronting. I feel like I'm using the wrong word. They put me in front. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like the face of the music. Uh, I used to have a partner and he would be kind of like behind the scenes a little bit and I'd be the face of it. And uh, they embraced us both. Though. They, they would showcase us often me more so because I'm standing in a castle. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's the fortress. Yeah. They, uh, we definitely have the whole Vegas thing going on. Very, very loud and grand. So that team is new. They were an expansion team. They got to the Stanley Cup playoffs in their first season. Do you feel like uh, you're spoiled a little bit by your first season making to the championship? Like this is what you should expect every single season now? Uh, yes and no. Like I know that's uh, a long shot and extremely rare. But I mean, we've made the playoffs every season. So it's yeah. like, I definitely feel spoiled in that because there's other teams that don't make the playoffs often. Well, it's not like it was a fluke. Like you got, you're a solid, you're good. Like you don't make the Stanley cup playoffs by accident, right? Like you still have to be a good team. So it's not like, Oh, they were, you know, they lucked in there or somehow like somebody gave you an easy draw to the playoffs. Like, no, like you legitimately made it in, but that is definitely not the normal case. Yeah, for sure. Oh, they they definitely earn their way there. Like our our team organization, we earn our way there, but yeah, people try to paint the, the other, the opposite, you know, Oh, you, you know, of course your players. Oh, uh, you got lucky. It's Vegas. Vegas flew. I'm like, no, our guys played like in our inaugural season, our goalies got injured. We were on like our third goalie at one point at the start of the season. Players were dropping left and right and we still pulled it together. And, and they, I mean, they made it to the finals. Like that's, it's insane. Look to win any championship. There's luck involved. There is uh, I'm convinced of all the organizations I've been around, like, everybody has to be on the same page that goes from the owner down to the equipment manager down to the usher that's in the arena, right? Like everybody is kind of on the same page. And even then it doesn't necessarily work out, but that's the only way that it happens. Like look at the same organizations that are consistently getting to or close to the finals of whatever sport they're in every single year. So I get that vibe when I come to your arena to do, you know, non, uh, like one-off type events. Like I can even feel that way with the staff that works in the arena, right? Like they're yeah. all, they love every single team that is in there. That is their own. They're like, yeah, yeah, this is, yeah. You guys are welcome here for a little while, but just know that this is our house. So, <laughs> Oh yeah. When I work around, uh, cause where I'm at, it's like, it's the party or the flight deck. Mm-hmm. And so it's like me and, but there's always ushers and everyone running around and uh, we all take it. Like even the ushers, they're like T-Mobile employee, T-Mobile, T-Mobile arena employees, but they're a part of the team. Like they oh, treat yeah. the same way that's someone with a badge that says Golden Knights treated like this is this is our thing. And they, they put the same commitment behind it. I love it. And I don't know. Um, I don't know how many arenas you'd been in before that, but T-Mobile has a unique thing that I noticed from a sound perspective, like your ceiling has new technology like soundproofing. So the audio doesn't bounce all over the arena like it does some older arenas. So when I've been in there, it is, <clears throat> it is loud 
but it's not like an ear piercing thing. Like I remember, I think my first time in T-Mobile was, I think it was a Lakers preseason game. They traveled the Lakers in preseason used to travel a lot around Southern California would come to Vegas. And, um, it was so loud in there that we were like, Hey, I, I know you're used to like hockey and this is how you guys roll. But like <laughs> the NBA, NBA, NBA ain't ready for this. I'm gonna tell you that right now. But I'll, as a DJ, I'm like, um, you guys make it as loud as you want. I'm just, I'm just playing music, but like it was, it was loud in there, but I can tell the difference being in different arenas. Like, I don't know what it is. The technology, I have to look it up on the roof. Like it does, it absorbs the audio. So it doesn't bounce all over the place. Um, I had no idea. And it also can make it super loud too. I, I actually got a, I wouldn't say trouble, but I started as a music director for this season and then I'm paranoid on cranking it too loud and yeah. sound engineer. You know, my manager, they're like, dude, you gotta, you're gonna have to crank it up. And I was like, it's, it's already like, right. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure? And they're like, yeah, write it up. Okay. Dude. Here you go. Yeah. But it is, especially with no fans soaking the sound, it is beating in there. I love it, yeah. but I could see how somebody would be like, this is, this is a bit much too. Well, I also feel though, like that's part of the personality of Vegas. Like that whole arena feels very Vegas. So I've said it on this podcast before, but like, if you come to a Staples center game and you watch a Lakers game or you watch a Clippers game, they feel completely opposite. Like the Lakers, the lighting for the Lakers, it's dark in the arena and all the lights are on the floor where if you go to another arena, it's very bright everywhere. Right? Cause it's all about the game for the Lakers. Cause they're the Lakers. They have to the tradition come to Vegas at T-Mobile. It's super loud. It's a big party, but like, that's the vibe of Las Vegas. Like right. T-Mobile has adopted the vibe of Las Vegas. So it feels right to me. Yeah. I, I think it's awesome. We all kind of picked that up right away. Like it wasn't like a thing we grew into. It was like, this is what it is. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're already at a hundred when you walk in the door. So that's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I you grew it. up in Las Vegas. Um, this is actually a, one of the internet questions. What was it like growing up in Las Vegas? Uh, just like anywhere else. I mean, you don't really get to do all the Vegasy things until you're 18, 19, 20 with fake ID. So <laughs> after that, then it's really like Vegas. But yeah. as a kid, like a uh, kid, teenagers, the same stuff. I skateboard, uh, possibly download music a lot. Uh, went to school, hung out. I was a kid, played with toys, you know. But after that, it was it was just pretty fun. Like there, yeah. there was a million hookah lounges when you're 18, in between 18 and 21. So it was the whole hookah lounge scene, which was a party. Then you graduate to the lounges and nightclubs and it's just chaos for about eight years. And so you kind of are like, ah, I think I'm kind of over this. So you do the same thing that everybody else does, but they do it in one weekend. You do it for like four years until you turn 21. <laughs> like, just come to Vegas and lose your mind. Or the strip. Fun. Like that's what people don't realize. Like if they go to Vegas, I've never spent any time there. Like outside the strip is like, real normal neighborhoods yeah. like people who live there aren't really at the strip unless people are coming into town to visit right like i don't see the hollywood sign unless somebody comes to visit and they want to go see right. it. So I, I feel it's the same way with the strip in vegas one common thing i've noticed about people who live here is uh if after a certain age if you have friends or family who come here to visit and they want to go to the strip it's like oh, <laughs> really don't want to do that dude. are you sure that's what you want to do <laughs> After you reach 26, 27, it's more of a, an issue. Now I got to deal with traffic. Now I, we got to get in. Now you have to have the right shoes. Now you got to have the right amount of people to get in. And, you know, you got to take care. It, it becomes a, a hassle instead of just like, yeah, let's just go. Well, you're, you're a tour guide at that point. It's not, let's right. just hang out. Yep. And then people want to replicate the hangover. So now you're kind of a babysitter. Also. 
And you're like, no, don't do that. All right, calm yeah. down. It's, you know, <laughs> I still have to go home. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's and fun. They, and because you work there and live there, they think you can get into every single club, every oh, single yeah. VIP, you know, every single person. Oh yeah. Yep. Well, that's kind of true. Like you do have a lot of pull being from here. Like yeah. I, oh, I can, you know, as we get older, it's not as easy, but there's that, that sweet spot age where everyone you grew up with is now in the industry. And so it doesn't much to kind of move around, but it's still like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> when people come to town, like I'd have family come in from Chicago or something like that. I'm like, we're going to go to the spots that I DJ at. And then that's your big, if you want to, if you want to stray away, by all means, buddy, have fun. But yeah, call me tomorrow. Downtown, downtown is like a strip for locals. We're going downtown or we're going to one of the spots on the strip I play it. And then that's it. <laughs> like I'm not doing the whole adventure. In the downtown area, that's Fremont Street now, right? Yeah. Yep. That's old Vegas, which is now turned into kind of new Vegas, which is further north if I'm yep. driving from Los Angeles. Yeah. Which they've done a really good job of um, making that more of a destination spot than the typical strip that everybody knows. Oh, sure. Downtown for a while, I was like, I mean, I don't want to get stabbed, so there's no way I'm going downtown. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to buy crack, so I'm not going downtown. But now downtown is like, you want to go downtown? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to go downtown. Very cool. Yeah, I haven't been to that. I haven't, uh, whenever I've been there the last few years, I've never had a chance to make it down oh, there. Um, time you come out and things aren't. Oh, that will, for sure. I'm, I'm going to take you out. We're going to go cool. kick it. Nice. It's like, it's like a, it's just bars everywhere, bars, lounges. And it, it, it's awesome. It's way Very more cool. Awesome. So growing up in Vegas, um, you didn't really have pro sports teams. So when you guys got pro sports teams, how did you get involved with the uh, Golden Knights? Oh man, <laughs> I, I had a I had a manager. He he's moved on uh, to Seattle now, but uh, my nickname was a stalker. I, I basically <laughs> stalked the organization for about nine or ten months until I finally got in touch with this guy uh, Johnny Greco, and uh, he gave me a shot. But it was like, dude, I had entered. They had a contest where they're going to a Kings game. You can win, but I was like, oh, okay, if I win this contest and I can get in touch with somebody who could tell me where I'm going, I emailed. I didn't make enemies, but there was people who didn't really like me because I would pull strings and get their personal info and be like, hey, this is Joe. I see you work you know, in marketing or whatever. I'm trying to move around, uh, just research. I put together like the warm-up mix, the goal song, um, you know, my own personal accomplishments, just a, a library of information. And then when I finally got in contact with Johnny, I was like, hey, here's this encyclopedia of information I have for you. Uh, I really want to get hired. And he was like, this is a lot. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get back to you later on. But the way I found him was uh, someone had sent me an article about him being hired for director of game presentation. And so I researched his name and found someone who worked with him, the WWF or WWE. And uh, I was like, well, do you have his email? And they're like, total stranger. Like, oh, yeah, dude, Johnny's a man. Tell him, you know, whatever his name is said hi. And I was like, for sure. So all that stalking got me to the man I need to talk to. And he took a chance on me. From there, Best thing you got to, people ask all the time, like, right, it's, that's part of the reason why I started this podcast. Everybody's got their job in a different way. Um, it's either, you know, somebody or you have to hustle and find it like you did. Like, I'm sure there are other people trying to get that gig, of course. Um, but did they work as hard as you did to get that gig? You know, right. Did they put in a encyclopedia together of, <laughs> Hey, I've already have your goal song. I already have all this like, right. Like maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I don't know, but those are the things that you have to do sometimes, especially for a brand new organization. Oh, definitely. Like they didn't use some, like the goal song. We use it as like a secondary goal song, gold on the ceiling. Uh, we came up with something different, but 
he respected the effort enough yeah. to give me a chance. So we met, uh, then I believe he met two times and then he was like, okay, well we have the NHL awards coming up. So I'm going to give you a shot here and then we'll go from there. So he had me do a little bit of music, uh, at the 2017 NHL awards. And then it kind of just stay tuned. I didn't really know for sure. I got the job. And so we were about a quarter through the season. Cause I kept saying every, like, every game was a, uh, was like, Oh, we'll see you next game. We'll let you know. Yeah. Basically like, he'd be like, Oh man, I'm so proud of you. You did a great job. I'm like, so I can contract signed. Or, yeah. <laughs> Never signed a contract. Yeah. The contract is just like, uh, see you next game. And then eventually it got to be where I, yeah. I'm like, I'm presented as the DJ and you know, we grew into that, but for a good, uh, six months, I was like, so we're good here. Yeah. Or, yeah, he did say I did a good job, so I think that means I'm coming back next, <laughs> next game. Yeah, that's literally the conversation I would have when I got home. <laughs> Ner- Nerve wracking. They're like, "Oh, what are you doing on Thursday?" Well, there is a Golden Knights game, but I think I'm working it. But I don't. I'll let you know. Yeah, <laughs> all I know is no one else is, to my knowledge. So yeah. <laughs> I'll be there. I don't know. They gave me a badge, so I'm hanging. I'm out. just gonna show up. If they tell me to leave, that's fine. But nobody's told me different, so I'll just show up to the game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Smart. That's how you got to do it. But uh, I got in there and I met. Uh, another one of the assistant managers ended up moving to the WNBA and um, he was there for a season. I tried to get in and it didn't work out. Uh, they had my, my partner and music director for the golden Knights. He ended up taking the position of music coordinator there, but he had a conflicting schedule uh, on their second season. And then him and our, our manager that moved over there ended up bringing me in. So that's how I got in there. And that was, that was pretty awesome. I, I love doing the aces. And they, what was their first year in Las Vegas? uh 2018 okay so the season after you started with the knights then yeah yeah, yeah. like the knights uh the stanley cup finals ended or i guess the playoffs started and then the aces began got it like 20 and they play in the same building right they play in team uh, they play manly bay oh manly bay got it okay look at you moving all over the strip and stuff for sport <laughs> yeah it's it's been it's been a wild uh four-ish years, three to four years. Crazy. Yeah, I never would have thought it would be where it is right now. I know you went to the bubble, or they call it the wobble for the WNBA. We'll get to that in a second. But I, what I'm curious about too is what's the difference for you DJing a hockey game for a WNBA game? With fans, let's just, with fans, we'll just say with normal, normal quote, I hate the word normal, but the normal times with fans of what, what were the big differences for you? And what did you learn too? Oh man, it was... I mean, for, uh, you're expert in basketball. Uh, hockey is like, well, okay, first attendance. Not everyone has the same respect for the WNBA as they do for the NHL. The Knights have built something incredible. So, leading off of that into the W or to the Aces was different, just because people try to hate on it, and the Knights is like this massive thing, and then this other thing is coming up, and people just kind of they're kind of unfamiliar with it. Yeah. So attendance was like half of what a Knights game would be or less, but the fans that were there, you know, they were there, like, this is our thing, you know, that was awesome. The music definitely is the major difference, music and style of play because Aces game, you're playing nonstop. There's always, there's never, there's never silence. Knights game, puck is in play, everybody, you know, at all. So that was different. I've never had to play like, nonstop there's something going on nonstop so it was and it's a it's a lot of music too it's a man like i thought we were playing a good amount of music at nice games but aces i was like bro we are blowing through things right now 
<laughs> and it's just, it was nerve wracking. Like I, I don't feel that I did well in my first season, like towards the end of the season. None of us do, by the way, none of us do. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> talk to anybody. None, none of us feel great about our first, our first season. That's for sure. No, even with the Knights, like I felt comfortable because I would get compliments like from other teams or like my, my managers, the president would compliment me. So I felt more confident there. But at the Aces, I was like, dude, this is a train wreck. Like, okay, offense, defense, and then we're going to TV timeout. And then, and it's three computers. And so the whole time I'm like, I'm like, do I need four more hands? Like, this is insane. So it's just nonstop. And then I could like, I could hear uh, frustration from like the PA sometimes. Like I wasn't playing defense the way that he necessarily wanted me to, but I grew into it. And uh, what ended up helping out a ton was uh, was the wobble. But leading into that, it was like, I need some more practice. What I ended up doing was uh, getting WNBA, uh, the app, like WNBA TV, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And I would just sit at home and play towards the games that were going. That helped out a ton. It's all, uh, I tell people, it's repetition, right? Like you just have to do it. You could be the greatest DJ in the world <clears throat> and I can throw you into a sporting event and you will not make it through because there's so much prep work that yeah. goes into it. We talk oh. about it all the time. Like the prep work that you have to, cause if you're looking for the song, when you need it, it's, it's over. Right. You've already, you've already missed that moment. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's time that's, that was one of the most frustrating times is, uh, Hey, we need this. And I'm like, bro, are you <laughs> so now I'm on this other computer, but I'm trying to watch the game so I can play towards the game while trying to type this in without looking and finding it in a folder. So I eventually I would just line out, like I would get the script and just line out the whole yep. game, uh, like from what I knew was coming. Yep. And go from there. Yeah. I, I that's, like, that day. that's what I do as well, too. Um, so that way, if you have to make a change, um, you're not constantly looking for stuff like, okay, here's, I have this lined up for what I think is going to happen. If that changes, great, but I have this ready to go just in case. Exactly. Um, so for the WNBA games for the aces, you're doing, are you doing all of the music from walk in to warm ups to during gameplay to timeouts, all of that stuff. Every single thing. Yeah. I don't think people realize. So Lakers games, there's two of us. Um, people have listened to this podcast before during gameplay is my man, Joel Jacobson. He does all that stuff. Everything else is me. And I try to tell game producers that just cause there's music. If you're having to constantly play music all the time, you have no time to think about, Oh, there's this moment coming up in the fourth quarter. Or we switch something to do a moment in the fourth quarter. I have no time to literally grab that file, even though I know what song I would, because I'm constantly doing something else. There's never a moment of stopping, like, and people think it's way easier than it is. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I'm just going to come in and make some music together. I'm like, yeah, maybe for warmups, dude. But uh, after that, no, bro, you're not, it's, it's, it's it's impossible. Like you, it's multiple jobs because you're DJing and you're sports DJing, which you are, I need to play the song. I need to play it right now. There's no mix into it. There's no, let me do this cool thing. That'll go into this track. You have like 30 seconds or a minute during a timeout to get your, to get to your point. You don't have 30 minutes to build up to that midnight drop, you know, right. like you would in a club. Uh, hot. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, basketball, like, yeah, it's, there's a lot, there's music going on constantly. And, uh, I'm curious. I would love to the NBA. I've been in the NBA so long, like it goes and ebbs and flows. When I first started in the NBA music all the time, fans kind of revolted a little bit. They're like, shut the F up. So we pulled <laughs> back a little bit and then now we're back to the something constantly. Um, and I go to some arenas too. And it's just like, they're at a hundred when you walk in the door, 
before the players are even on the court. And I'm like, where do you go from uh-huh. there? Yeah. Right? Yeah, if you're at a hundred already, where do you go in the fourth quarter when somebody goes into overtime? Like there's no more excitement to go because you've already been there the whole time. Right. Uh, so I'm curious, I'll be curious if the fans, if we get back to, you know, get back to the another, the other side of that circle of go back down, like, Hey, I need, I want to hear the squeaking of the shoes on the court every once in a while. Um, I'll be curious about that. Same here. Well, I've, I've got, like even family, we can, they would come to a game. They're like, why do you play like that? Like, it's just constantly something going. I'm like, dude, this is how they told me to play. And this yep. is how I'm playing. Like, I don't, it's not my decision, you know? So <laughs> this is what it is. Well, and I stress to people too, especially the marketing people. I'm like, look, if you're constantly doing something, people are going to tune you out. So when you want them to hear you, they won't because they've tuned oh, you out 30 minutes ago. So you could tell them they're going to win a thousand dollars and they don't hear you because they've tuned you out a half hour ago. Cause you're constantly doing something. Yeah. Um, so that's a, uh, not a battle, but like just something I try to remind people every once in a while. Like if I'm constantly saying words to you after a while, you'd be like, okay, bro, shut I'm just not, I'm not you like, you might nod your head seeing that I'm talking, but you'll be like, okay, I'm over it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I caught a, I caught heat a few times from, fans and, and family and friends are like, dude, you're driving me crazy. Right <laughs> They'd say it in a way where it's like, I love you, but just, yeah. just please shut up. But that's, you know, that's sometimes that's what the, every live event I do, um, especially like one-offs, right? They're like, we want this to be the most raging party ever. I'm like, cool. You better bring those people that want to rage like that. Cause again, you could be the greatest DJ in the world, but if those people don't want to party, it literally doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. doesn't matter at all. Yeah. So if I'm at a sporting event and you want to rage, like you better bring the fans that want to rage because I can rage for four straight hours. No problem. Yeah. Do they, do they want to is the question. Right. Yeah. Thankfully aces fans, they're, they're there to party. Like it's, it's all walks of life, but they, they're there to turn up. I love it. Well, that's why I think you, uh, what you guys have done in Vegas with your teams, like that's the personality of Las Vegas. And I think you're getting people that are in Vegas for the weekend or whatever, like, Oh, we'll go to, an event too. And that's part of their rage fest for the weekend, right? They're, they're going to spend, they saved up their money to go to Vegas for the weekend. They're wearing that one dress that they would ne- would never wear at home, but they'll wear it in Vegas or yeah. they bought the guys bought their special Vegas shoes. Cause you can't wear tennis shoes in Vegas anywhere. Um, and they're going to go to a sporting event and they're going to turn up and they're like, yeah, this DJ is awesome because we are raging in here. Right. Yeah. We get our, we get the compliments there more at the nights. People, anytime I say, I'm working with them. They're music wise. Like, Oh my God, you guys. <laughs> You're like, yeah, thank you so much. That's what we do here. It's like, uh, I had neighbors uh, I met or people who don't even believe that I'll work for that. I work for the team. Like you work for the golden Knights. I'm like, yeah. Like, okay, buddy. You're like, yeah, right, whatever, dude. bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they'll, give a, they'll give that confidence about the music and production, but they, I, I've seen some people think I'm completely full of it. I'm like, well, I'll still be there. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Then do they go to your Instagram page and they think you're just photoshopping you into the arena or I've had that happen. I was like, no, this is literally me. Like this is me here. That's the game in the background. And they're like, Oh yeah. I'm not going to lie about that. <laughs> well, Cause it's so easily disputed. There are some, there have been some DJs in Los Angeles that have been pointed out to me that they don't explicitly say they DJ for the Lakers, but they hint at it on some of their posts or in their photos. And I, you know, look, I understand this Lakers people like will use their name to their advantage, but like, I will see people call them out and be like, Hey bro, like you're not the, like, I don't, I, I don't need to do that anyways, but it's just, uh, it's funny to me that like 
Yeah. Why would like you're that's so easily disputed or shown right. that it's not true. So like, just like, Hey, no, I am the Lakers guy or I am the Knights guy. Like, here's my Instagram page. You're like, Oh, cause that's what you want to do is spend all your time on Photoshop and put yourself in <laughs> T-Mobile arena. Right. No, I, I've definitely, we've had that since the first season. People want to associate themselves and say that yeah. they're in a position that they're not because they'll play concourse or something like that. And, uh, my manager, she doesn't play. <laughs> like she gets yeah. one of that, then you're you're gonna hear about it. I love it. And I'm like, dude, we're on the on the Nitron. Like, there's a gigantic screen <laughs> that shows a DJ with DJ equipment. Like, come on, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people. Uh, it's it's interesting. That's funny. I respect it because, like, I I can see someone want to be a part of it since since it's such an amazing thing and new. But just don't get carried away. It's kind of insulting to all the people who are putting production in and actually working and putting in real, like it's hard work. It's not just yeah. the, as, as fun as the games are, the hard work goes on behind the scenes before you get to the arena. Definitely. I'm going to take a quick time out to remind you that if you are a DJ Ruche Mixcloud cloud select member, you get access to some beat talks, bonus material, and obviously some exclusive DJ Ruche mixes on there as well. If you're into that sort of thing, also, if you're liking the Beat Talks podcast, please feel free to review it on Apple Music, Spotify, share it with your friends. All that is greatly appreciated. I'm doing this for the love of sport and learning. I learn as much from this as much as you guys do. I really enjoy talking to other DJs and music directors from around the sports world. So if you are liking it as much as I do, please feel free to share. That is greatly appreciated. And now back to my conversation with DJ Joe Green. Was sports DJing a thing that you wanted to do or just when the Knights came in, like, oh, I just want to be a part of that, not really knowing what sports DJing was? Because, like, Vegas hasn't had, like, pro teams. So, like, growing up in Vegas, that w- couldn't have been something that, like, oh, I'm going to DJ for the Golden Knights when I when I grow up. <laughs> no, it had, it never really uh, – it didn't cross my mind until about two years before the Golden Knights. Uh, I, I was hanging out with Jerry Rice for a little while, randomly. Nice. He was coming into a bar I was DJing at. And uh, I had a friend who was doing events with the Chargers. And I was like, man, how awesome would that be to work in sports, uh, DJ for all those people or, you know, just just to be a part of that. And so I was talking to Jerry Rice's manager uh, just for any advice that she had. And it didn't really go anywhere. She was super helpful. Like she's, she's amazing. But it didn't really go anywhere. And then leading into me being like, I don't really know what direction to take with this. Like, I'm not going to work for the, the 49ers or it seemed like that would be the end at the time, which it definitely was not, but <laughs> uh, that was, that's where my mind was. And I was like, yeah. I don't know. And then it came out that we were going to have a team and I was like, this is it right here. Let's go. <laughs> so from that moment, I was like, well, this is something I got to be a part of. I was born here. I would love to be a part of the first, the first team, like the first major team. I have to. So and then I had, a, I had a kid and I was like, I got to find something else also, because just DJing on the strip isn't, I don't see that being something forever. At least this will put me somewhere new. Like maybe I can develop things here. And then all those things together were like uh, the driving force. And was it what you expected it to be? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it would be big, but I think it was around the time where we were just on fire that first season. And uh, we had made it to the Western mm. Conference Finals and I was like, dude, this is – or, like, we had – we were watching the game, or we were having a watch party outside of the arena in the plaza, and it was, like, like 5,000 people outside. It was just a sea of people, but it was, like, 110 degrees outside. 
I was like, this is insane. Like, this is such a massive thing. And they're like, all right, you're up. And now I got a DJ and there's all these people. And I was like, dude, this is huge. It definitely was not what I thought it would be. Like, not even a little bit. I thought it'd be cool. Like, I mean, I didn't really, there wasn't really a strong hockey presence here. Uh, I mean, we had, we had our team in the nineties, but none of my friends watched it. All of my friends watch it now. No one was really, really speaking about it. So I was like, well, it's a hockey team. So it might not really pick up. And then the, the literally, literally the opposite happened. <laughs> well, when you go to the Stanley cup playoffs, your first season that had to help the fan base tremendously. Oh yeah. Well, if we had our, uh, our incident October 1st and the team rallied behind the community. Oh yeah. Really yeah. What made it like, this is our, this is our team. This we're, we're behind these guys a hundred percent. And that's what really set us off. I think that happened a couple days or I was in Vegas not long after that. Um, I don't know if it was for a Lakers preseason game. I think it was a Lakers preseason game. Um, but I do remember the staff and T-Mobile kind of talking about it because when you're in like an arena staff, you work other events, not just in yeah. that arena. So some of the staff was working at that event and talking about it. You could just feel how together everybody was after oh, yeah. that event, right? Um, and it, yeah, how how like when you think of Vegas, you think of just the party life. You don't realize like, there are people that live there year round and the fact that they all came together like that and then supported the team as much as they did too. Like that was, I'm very happy for the city for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Our team, they, they stepped up uh, in a position to be leaders and, and kind of a voice. And uh, they, I feel like they unified a lot of the community with the way they stepped up and that's what made it more of a epic thing. They could have lost 40 or 40. They could have lost like 30 games after that. And it still would have been like, no, these are our guys. Like this is, this is our thing. Well, and now you have the Las Vegas Raiders, which I think is the perfect fit for Las Vegas. And you were also working with them. How did that come about? Uh, man, it was, uh, <laughs> it took a few years. Like, uh, the Raiders were announced maybe in 2018 or late 17 or something like that. And I was like, I'm on it, dude. Or, you know, yeah. at the end of 17, uh, it didn't work out with the aces. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm still going to try to, you know, I, I football also like yeah. watched football. So let's, let's see what's going on. So I started researching, found the guy I needed to talk to. And we just stayed in touch for over the course of about three years up until about, uh, April <laughs> of last year. And then he was like, oh, well, this is the other guy you need to speak to. So I got in touch with him. He had been to a Knights game. He was like, oh, dude, I've been to a Knights game before. I've heard you play. It was awesome, which is extremely flattering and humbling. He was like, I've heard you rock. You know, I would love to see what you have uh, in store for the Raiders. Like, can you put some stuff together for me? I was like, turns out that's my specialty. This is what I got for you. So (laughs) I already have that folder ready to go. Do you want it right now? Or do you want me to wait a little bit longer? Yeah. (laughs) Well, touchdown song, warm up mix. Like, let's go. So he's super cool. Uh, he had, uh, it was me. The whole history of my sports career has been me versus my partner. So it was him and I again, going head and head. And, uh, he had us both try out and then he ultimately ended up getting it but they still kept me around. Like he got the, the position I was going for, which was a music director. They just call it DJ, but it's definitely a music director position. Yeah. So they had me DJ. Uh, 
events. Like I would do tailgate. Uh, and then I started doing warm up mixes for them. Uh, but I wasn't there. Like I would do it and then mail it, email it in. Yeah. And then things got weird or weirder with COVID. And they're like, well, we want to bring you in as a backup in case, you know, God forbid yeah. uh, our buddy catches something or there's an incident. And so then I was kind of in there and then, or I, I was going to be in there and then things got worse with COVID. So they're like, well, we want to bring you in to train you, but we can't because we're not allowed to by the state. Yeah. So we're just going to loop you in email wise every game. And then, so I was helping out with ideas for, like theming and, and things like that and still doing the warm-up mixes. And then ultimately our guy ended up moving. So he, they were like, well, we want to, you got to get in here to train. So then they started having play in the game, uh, mixing live. And uh, that brought us to the end of the season. So like the last three games, I believe I was like in there actually, actually playing music instead of and in. doing everything right. Like I tell people there's a music director. I refer to that person as a person that's like, triggering clips and things like that for the game. And then the DJ that's like, Hey, maybe I have a, there's a two minute timeout. I get to mix during that, or I get to mix during warmups. Like, yeah, some people do both. Right. But I feel like they're two different jobs. Um, so you're doing both of those things or you were doing both of those things for the Raiders, the last three games. They were training me to, so I would yeah. pop in, uh, mm -hmm. commercials or certain whistles, uh, mix halftime, mix warmups, walk in, uh, and then sprinkle me in through the game. Throughout, mm -hmm. just to kind of get like a feel for where we're going and then i I'm like i haven't got an official word for next season but yeah. ultimately to build on to that got it yeah what's the um game flow like for you different doing hockey versus basketball versus football uh game flow like uh as far as like um right so like basketball you're playing music all the time mm -hmm. uh f um hockey you don't play during Oh, you're not playing music during play where football, you're not playing during play, but the play stops after seven to 10 seconds. Then are you jumping in again there? Those type of things. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. It's different. It was more similar to hockey because it's not nonstop driving, Okay, but, uh, hockey, you play until the puck drops football. You have 20 seconds. So no mm. matter what the song or situation is, it's 20 seconds. You got to have your eyes on the clock at 20 seconds. You're out or, you know, there's a fine or oh, 20 seconds left on the, uh, the play clock before they have to hike the ball. Yeah, basically. Okay. Got it. Got it. So no matter what happens, it's 20 seconds. And then if we cross 50 yard line, then no music. Uh, it was, it was different for sure. Like it, in certain aspects, it was more laid back just because if we would just reach a certain point in the field, then just no music at all. Oh, interesting. I'm not sure if that's just a thing since there's no fans, we didn't yeah. have that talk because they still have the crowd noise pumping in. Yeah. But at that point, you don't, unless it's like a really big play or something special has happened, then you, you might pop in. But other than that, uh, music-wise, for sure, hockey is mostly here, EDM rock, pop, very little hip-hop. Mm -hmm. uh, basketball or uh, WNBA was more like 95% hip-hop and then 5% rock or 90% and then 5% EDM and rock. Mm -hmm. Football is more of a mix of the three like we're doing a lot of rock uh and a lot of hip-hop but not a lot of edm got it. it it was it's different but they all kind of run together yeah so your first year with the raiders no fans so you didn't even get to experience it with the fans yeah i didn't even get to <laughs> like i didn't see much of the stadium outside of the control room like looking yeah. down i can see the field and everything but we weren't allowed in areas for safety reasons yeah 
and then there's no fans and it's just crowd noise, but the players were jamming out. Like I would, I'd be mixing like, Oh, look, 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 look. And you know, when the players dancing or it'd be a big play and uh, my partner would play something or I would, and they'd be dancing. So they still brought the energy, but man, it's that, that missing ingredient. Is, it is definitely different. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, it's rough. So then going to the WNBA bubble, going from no fans to then how, what was the process of you going to the bubble? Like, because we are like, you know, when the NBA shut down, it was like, okay, I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't know. Is the season going to continue? Is the season a wash? Yeah. Is next season going to start anytime soon? Like all those kind of things. So what was the process for you when hearing about the WNBA going to the bubble and then them bringing you? Uh, flattered. I was definitely flattered that I was one of the guys that they would pick considering how my first season I felt personally was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, they had me do like, um, like different events, college basketball, where I, I was able to tighten up more, but I wasn't playing in the game because you don't play music during college. Yeah. Well, apparently. So I was like, well, TV timeout will be fire, but <laughs> getting in there to play during the game, you know, I'm still not entire, not as comfortable as I would like to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was flattered. They, they believed in me enough to bring me out after how I felt about myself, but I was terrified they were like it's in florida which is the worst place in the country to be for covid cases and it's florida which is already the worst place to be not no offense to people in florida but you've watched your news so (laughs) they they didn't really care about the virus that's for sure amongst other things florida's wild (laughs) isn't there an instagram page just like florida man or twitter page like of just all the crazy things that happen in florida Yeah, uh, just the the wildest <laughs> that on top of all these COVID cases. I don't know, man. Like this is this is tough. It's a tough decision. I, I I like it took me a little while to agree to it. Till finally, I was like, yeah, let's let's just make it happen. Like, yeah, because you have a kid and family and stuff yeah. like that. You have to. Those are things you have to consider when that, they offer this to you, right? Yeah, it was like it was all profit. You know, the money was great. Um, they were taking every precaution to make sure everybody was good. Like we went over that a few times. I'm like, they're doing everything they can. Yeah. It seems pretty, pretty straightforward. Let's just make it happen. Like I, I could definitely use the money because we're not, no one. Yeah. And my wife's working, but I'm not, I'm at home with the kid all day, not collecting unemployment, which was already a disaster here. As a whole <laughs> it was a disaster for everybody. Yeah. Especially as an independent contractor. It, uh, it, t- it took some time. Yeah. It was so bad. That it was months of fighting that. I had, I, I ended up getting that together right before I had to leave too. So oh, I, was nice. like, I hope this doesn't affect it because the plan is set. So I got out there and, uh, it was cool. It was, it was, they had us in a nice place. It was a nice area. The city was nice. No one took, uh, <laughs> COVID seriously outside of our situation. Like, yeah. Outside of your bubble. Yep. Yeah. Every people would look at us with masks and make little comments like we're sheep and all kind of disrespectful stuff. But we would go and do our thing. Like it, it was cool. It was me and two other DJs, uh, DJ Heat. Uh, yeah, from the Wizards and the Mystics. Yeah, and yep. uh, DJ O with the Bucks. Yep. And uh, two great, I learned a lot from those guys, but they would rotate us. So when I got there, uh, O had to go back uh, Wisconsin, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah, to Wisconsin. And so it was just Heat and I, and we'd rotate. I would do a game and she would do two, and then we'd switch courts the next day. I would do two, and she would do one. <laughs> So we get in, they would check our temperature and they were very particular about that. And we'd set up and get it going. Very cool. It was also, I picked up so much from those guys on play style and 
riding the flow of the game to where I was like, oh, dude, when, like my last week there, I was like, oh, dude, I can't wait for the next. <laughs> yeah, so how much you learned. Yep. Yeah. Just, and we weren't like directly with each other. Like I could hear them in the next room and be like, this is how I need to play. I can see why these guys, like he got a ring while she was there uh, from, from her team uh, winning the championship year before. It's like, that's, that's what I, I want. One of those. That's what I want. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that's what I want to be. I can see why she got that. I mean, obviously it was the players, but yeah, I can see why they have her doing all of this. Yep. Because she's amazing. And so, Oh, got there and he was showing me little stuff. Those guys, that whole situation was awesome. It paid off uh, a lot more than money. Go and do that. Yeah. The experience of it, the repetition now knowing um, the experience of you being in that bubble, uh, like the people I talked to that went to the NBA bubble, like what's happening right now in the NBA is similar to that, right? Other than it being in a bubble, but like that's how we're DJing the games is basically how they did it in the bubble, right? Because there's no fans. So it's all players' music all oh, the time. Yeah. Like that, that kind of way is what I mean. Um, and oh, was, I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's all good. Like, yeah, just playing the music just for the players, like, all of the music I play is for the players. Every single song is for the players. Cause there's who else am I playing for? There's nobody else there. So what do I care? Yeah. That was awesome. Uh, player music. I mean, those, <laughs> the, the NBA players, they get down. That was, that was fun. Uh, playing straight towards. I mean, I, I grew up on hip hop and rap. Yeah. So being able to play, I don't, I don't, I don't care for a lot of the newer stuff, but I know it and I can find things about it that I enjoy, but playing that for them was, uh, was dope. They, they go off and, it's been different being back doing hockey because I'm trying to do that same style of play for these players, but they still want to sprinkle in fun stuff. Like fans were there, which I, I'm totally cool with, but it's just interesting. Cause I'm playing like everybody clap your hands. And then it's like, and there's nobody in here to clap their hands. Yeah. <laughs> other people. <laughs> I'm like, all right, but they can hear it on TV. So my manager, my manager's perspective was, well, I'm sure there's someone at home clapping their hands. And I'm like, you have an, you have an excellent point there. So. Yeah, I'd be curious. Um, yeah, I'd be curious about that because I know there are some NBA teams that are DJing like there are fans there. Um, for me, that feels a little weird because, like, I know, like, DJing on Twitch now, like, I can't see anybody. So, but I'm DJing for myself, where at a basketball game, I can see the players. Right. And, I, and I'm there for them, right? Like, I'm here for the players. I would be there for the fans if they're in the building. Um, I can't read the crowd at home. Right. Like, I don't know my buddy who's sitting on the couch. Like, does he want to hear this song right now? Like, is this going to get him going? Like, I have no idea. Cause I can't see him. So getting in the mindset of DJing for people that are watching on TV is a little difficult for me to wrap my head around a little bit because I'm a right. And I come from the arena side of if the music in the arena isn't working and it doesn't look like it's fun here at the arena, that's not, that's going to come through on TV. Oh Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would just be curious. Like, I don't know if it's the right thing or the wrong thing. Maybe it's the right thing for some teams, the wrong thing for other teams. I would just be curious how it comes through. And cause I, I'm watching games on TV and maybe cause I'm the DJ sometimes like they are playing everybody clap your hands, but there's nobody in the building. Like I'm a little, who's, who's clapping. Who's that for? Like I'm not clapping my hands at home, but also <laughs> I'm not watching it typically like the normal fan is either. We have the luxury at night's games where we have our, our vivas, which are our cheerleaders and our drum line. Uh, the drum bots and our mascots are there. So if there is a, if you do see it on TV, it looks like we're still. Oh, okay, cool. We are having a great time, but you see, of course, instead of just being me 
it clap your hands. It's me in front of the computer looking yeah. for music. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you are seeing some people that are there that are having a good, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. See, that makes sense to me. I get it. Yeah. But when, I mean, the, arena's, yeah. when the arena's empty and they want it to be like a rave <laughs> in there, I'm like, uh, there's nobody in here. They had to pan up to hundreds of empty seats to get to that shot. But when you yeah. see it, <laughs> they should just have like a stationary cam just always locked on that area. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we make it happen like that. But playing for the players, uh, the WNBA was uh, was dope. They they dance. They, they get into it. So that's cool. I love that. I wonder when the fans come back, if the players are going to be like, hey, where's where'd all my music go? <laughs> <laughs> Warm-ups. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got 15 minutes to enjoy this, so good luck. Yeah. I'll sneak something in there, but yeah, then it's back to playing for the fans. Yeah. Well, first of all, I can't wait till there's fans back, because for me, I mean, and I'm sure for you too, like, they give so much energy that I vibe off of, right? Like, I don't know what it's like for you with no fans. Um, it feels like I'm DJing a scrimmage, right? Yeah. Because, but then I'm like, no, this is a game that's on espn or tnt and i you know this is a real live professional game um so you have to kind of create your own energy which sounds like it should be easy but it's not necessarily so when those fans come back like they help me get through the game as much as somebody might say oh you helped me too i'm like oh you are helping me a lot more for sure (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's difficult to find that like uh I, i try to play like they're still there but uh i'm just hoping that it's driving the players at this point because yeah it's for me, I mean, pump up music and there's no one to pump up. It's like, it's, it's falling flat. Yeah. Because that can like, and people can feel that energy too, right? Like I, you know, when they say like, Oh, play, like there's 10 people there the same as you would 10,000, which I agree with that as far as like the energy that I bring or like that I'm having a good time DJing, but I'm definitely not going to play the same music. I would, if there are 10 people there compared to 10,000. Definitely. Yeah. Right. But you still have that same mindset of like, oh, yeah, I'm up here DJing, having fun. So if I look like I'm having fun, those 10 people will be like, oh man, I need to have fun too. But they may not, they could just be sitting down though and be like, oh my God, I had a great time. I'm like, yeah, but you never danced. Right. But they're like, oh my God, this was so fun. The vibe was great. Right. But if there's 10,000 people there, they're all going to be up raging their faces off. So like, I'm going to DJ a little bit differently to that. One thing I like, uh, our fans our, our Knights fans, I guess they watch it really loud because I'll get someone will tweet at me or I'll, I'll catch a message or something. Someone will be like, Oh dude, you played, uh, uh, what was the one the other day? I, f- I forgot what the most recent one was, but they're like, I heard that that was awesome. I loved it. So I'm like, Oh, you, you guys are, you're listening. All right. They're cool. paying attention. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm not sure how loud your TV has to be to catch that. <laughs> like, <laughs> right on. Man. Yeah. Cool. They're like, yeah, we're here for the music, not for the game. So play it louder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you heard that over the announcer and over like the TV, they have their own kind of music. Like, are you listening with headphones on? That's awesome. Good for Good job. Yeah. Well, I think now, I don't know what it's like for the NHL, but I know the NBA, they have, if you have NBA TV, then they don't go away during commercial break. So like during the timeouts when I'm mixing, like people yeah. can hear me. Oh, really? Directly. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. Somebody was like, oh, hey, I love, what song was, I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> they're like, you played it during the second quarter. I was like, I'm not playing music during the, they're like, no, no. Like during the timeout, I was like, how'd you hear that? They're like, oh, I got NBA TV. It doesn't go away to commercial. Like I'm, oh, I'm in the arena with you. I was like, oh, well maybe I need to step up my game a little bit. Cause I didn't know anybody was paying attention. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think we have that. If we do, no one's told me, but that's, that's awesome. That, yeah. That's- I don't know if it's like an option, like something you have to click on or pay extra for. 
because uh, I can't see why they would get away with the commercials. But if you're paying for NBA TV, like that's the advertising money. So yeah, I don't know. But people are like, yeah, NBA TV. <clears throat> I hear you playing during the timeouts and stuff. I was like, all right, good to know. Good to Man. know. Yeah. <laughs> don't mess oh, so up. So you heard that? Yeah. Did you hear that train wreck in the first quarter? Sorry about that. <laughs> that was the other DJ that's in the stands by themselves. I don't know what that guy was doing. <laughs> Didn't know you were listening. Let me tell you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I've already asked a couple of the, uh, uh, social media questions I got, but I got a couple more. Somebody asked, did you play any sports growing up as a kid? PlayStation. <laughs> Perfect. <NBA> jam. <laughs> uh, oh, that game was so good. Yeah, no, I, I didn't. Uh, I was, I was skateboarding, man. I was riding bike and skateboard. I wasn't really a big sports guy growing up. Uh, Interesting. I watched football with my dad. My dad's a big bears fan, mm-hmm. bears, bulls, all of that nonstop. Even with the Raiders, he was like, you better not come around here with any Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm just good. But so, he's definitely going to the game when they play the Bears. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. But he'll be wearing Bears, he's yeah. He's the only Raider <laughs> athlete that entire game. That's it. Uh, like, Don't tell anybody you know me if you're wearing a Bears <laughs> jersey. Yeah. Uh, I, I wore a Bears jersey not too long ago to go visit him. And uh, someone was like, oh, camera photo op. And I was like, yeah. hey, just chill out dude just be, be cool, neck up bro neck up yeah. nothing yeah don't <laughs> well, other than that no uh my mom says big cowboys fan but it was just football that, that was it we watch uh watch those those two games whenever those two teams are playing not against each other but just in general and that's mm-hmm. it so then was there a learning curve when you got into sports djing like knowing the flow of the game right like now i've been doing it so long i can tell you the coach is going to call a timeout before they do Right. Cause you're like, okay, we went on a 10 0 run. The coach yeah. is pissed. He's about to call a timeout. If we score this basket, they're calling a timeout. You know, it's not a pat on my back. That's just years of experience. But like, did it take you a little while to learn those kind of things? Uh, not with basketball, hockey. Yeah. I spent when I thought I was in a position to get the job, I just watched, I just got a bunch of games and watched nonstop, nonstop. And I'd write down what I needed to know or uh, look it up. Like, what is, what does this mean? Like, what is icing? <laughs> yeah. I had, to, I had to get a better understanding because icing was kind of like, I knew what it was, but it was kind of a gray area. Sometimes they call, sometimes they don't. Yeah. And I, I had to get an understanding of all that. Penalty kill, everything. So I did a lot of research on it and I was good. Football, I already knew. Uh, I'm to the point now where I can kind of see things coming. You know, I'm yeah. like, oh, I got to, this is about the TV time, not right now. Let's get ready. So, but leading up to it, yeah. When, the first half of the first season, I was still kind of adapting and learning to it, learn, learning towards it, but it didn't take long. Thankfully I did that research. Well, that's the thing, right? Like I tell people all the time, you, I can give you all the equipment, like DJs can do sporting events. It's not like it's so difficult. Like, Oh, it's, there's just a special group of people that can actually do it. Right. If you have experience and you know, music, you can eventually learn how to do it, but there are so many things you have to learn having your music ready to go, have it queued up all that stuff. So yeah. I love the fact that you were watching all that stuff on TV. Cause that's giving you reps. Oh yeah. Without doing it live in person. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I found a bunch of different games. And I was like, we're just going to, we're just going to watch this. I had my son. He was not even a year old. He's knocked out. I got headphones on and I'm glued to what's going on. <laughs> um, somebody else asked, why is sandstorm important to you? <laughs> is that, is that a thing or do they know you or is this an inside I, I joke? I know who that is. <laughs> uh, sandstorm is important because <laughs> With big play or not big plays, but um, usually towards the end of the game, it's one of those songs that, that drives people. It gets them. Everyone knows it. 
even if you don't think like based off the name alone, you don't think you know it, you've heard it before. It's a cla- it's a classic sports anthem. Like yeah. every play forever. Yep. Absolutely. Even if you haven't been to a game, you've you've heard Sandstorm before. So it's just one of those songs that it's get it lets people know things are about to get real. <laughs> like this is this is where we're at. It's a big song. Do you play it um like do you have a like set moment where you always play like oh going into the third period we play it or yeah I'll, I'll usually play it uh third period under 10 minutes I, I don't regularly play it but if i were going to it would be around then got it got it got it nice yeah they i felt like that was an inside joke when i read that i was like oh this person they know each <laughs> other somehow and i can't wait to hear more about this story yeah yeah i know a guy who's a big sandstorm fan <laughs> that's yeah can't name one other song by that group Nope. But there's, there've been, I've seen documentaries on that song. Really? Like just that song, right? Like no idea what else they've done, but that's how big that song is, right? They've done freaking documentaries on that song. That's how huge it is. I didn't know they were, wow. Yeah. I knew it was big. I didn't know it was that big. Yeah. That's yeah. That song is, it'll, it'll be played forever at sporting events. Almost that and what will be there yep. for. Totally. Um, yeah, those were those are the internet questions. I got some in earlier as well too, but I was holding on to that one because like, oh, I can't wait for the sandstorm story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah when we get done, I'm gonna send that guy a message and be like, "Yeah, I see you." <laughs> That's funny. Uh, before I let you go, I, I know I have people that are always interested. When you're doing a, we'll start with a Golden Knights game. Um, do you guys refer to them as the Golden Knights, or you just do you shorten it to Knights? Uh, both. Like, if I'm a local, like, how, what do I refer to them as? If I'm a local. Oh, nights. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Thanks okay. tonight. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Um, what equipment are you using? By that I mean, like, I know you're DJing and you're triggering sounds and effects and all that stuff. So you said you have multiple computers. So, like, what kind of equipment do you use? Oh, like, uh, so for DJing, a Pioneer DDJ SX2, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's I, I got lucky. They uh, they they found one for me, and I was trying very hard to find a gold one for gold reasons yeah <laughs> uh they surprised me with it right before like our first preseason game like oh yeah we couldn't find uh the gold one dude sorry and i was like oh whatever do you have one that works <laughs> like yeah <laughs> fine yeah. we're good here so they were on me in the back and it was like boom it was the gold ddj sx awesome. uh, that's uh that's what i've been using there since day one and then uh i have my macbook pro and then now i have one of their hp computers that i use for click effects so yeah. my MacBook, I'm running Serato, and I'm running ClickFX on their HP computer. Nice. And then, yeah, that's it. For Aces, we use uh, SoundDirector on two computers, and then I have my own computer with stuff, uh, same MacBook. Um, and SoundDirector's basically ClickFX, right? Basically, yeah. Yeah. Just painted. <laughs> yeah. Different skin. Uh, yeah. And then Raiders, they don't really have a preference. They're like, whatever you have that works – as long as it works well and it's reliable and you can get your job done then bring whatever you got. So they're like, we don't care. Just make it happen. Do not care. Just yeah. bring what you need and make it happen. So I bring my MacBook, and then, uh, we use click effects there also. Got it. Yeah. I'm all, I'm curious about that stuff, but I know the people that listen, like I have a couple, um, I had this one high school kid that he hits me up all the time, always asking questions, always curious about what equipment everybody uses, how they, he'll be listening to the games and be like, Hey, how do they go from this drum beat to this song? And I'm like, man, you were listening yeah. way in depth, but I like it because that's how you have to learn. Right. Like, Definitely. and you know, so he's always curious about what equipment people use. And, uh, I am too, for that matter. Cause I'm 
DJing and then I use an instant replay, which is essentially click effects, but it's just as a machine. Um, I think I've seen that. Yeah. Smaller kind of. Yeah. It has like, it has a bunch of banks, but it's like, I think it's 50 buttons on it. Um, okay. So instead of like touching a computer screen, I just hit a button and the song is good to go. Right. Nice. Um, and since I don't have to, I'm not doing the in-game stuff. I don't need a lot of extra buttons other than my DJ equipment and that one page of music I have on the click effect. So, um, I mean on the instant replay, but I know up top where Joel does, he's playing the organ, he's doing all the in-game beats. He has an instant replay. There's a click effects. He has all kinds of stuff up there too. So yeah, I'm always curious what people use. Oh yeah. That's, that's where I'm at now before like the last three seasons, it was just Serato. Yeah. And even the four channel one, like, right. Like I've done events with like, Hey, can you do all this stuff? I'm like, do you want me to DJ this event or do you want me to sports DJ? Cause those are two different <laughs> things. But like, if like people don't, they're having like a one-off like tennis event here in LA and they want to do all this stuff. I'm like, look, I can't do that with a two channel controller that I brought with me. Like I'm, you know, or like tomorrow when I show up, like this would have been good to know before I got here because there's so much more prep that goes into it other than you telling me like, Oh, we just want you to DJ the event. I'm like, okay. Like, no, no, we want you to do all this other stuff too. I'm like, well, those are two different things. Yeah. Right. I'll, yeah. I'll think, uh, people want me to DJ like it's a game for their party. I'm like, that that doesn't translate. Yeah. I guarantee you, if I started playing, like, for example, a nice game, if I were to throw on random Metallica songs at your party, it's not going to feel the same as if we're at the game. I feel like a lot of people don't understand that. Just because it sounds like a party there at the game yeah. doesn't translate to a party at your venue. No, and I, I understand what they're asking for, right? Like they want that vibe and energy, but yeah. th- what they don't realize is there is so much more that goes into it, right? The 10, 15,000 other fans that are there with them, they're there for an actually, right? Like I tell people all the time, like you're there for the basketball game. So as awesome as I think I am, people are still going to show up to watch LeBron, whether I'm there or not. Right. Like, yeah. So it's not about me at all whatsoever, right? As much as I would like, my mom might say it's different, but like everybody else is like, yeah, I'm here for LeBron. You be- don't mess up, but you better play some good music, right? Whether I'm there or not, they will show up. So yeah, doing a party or a club is also way different than doing a sporting event. Um, sure. Yeah. So yeah, I can understand why people are like, oh, I want that vibe because it's so fun. Again, are the people that you're inviting to your party, are they those fun people? Because if not, your party ain't going to be like a Golden Knights hockey game. No, Sandstorm's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> Can you play it right now? Uh, at seven, it's seven oh five p.m. and your party started two minutes ago. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's that's, that's been a thing for a little while. That's funny. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, I get what they're what they think they want. They just don't realize that that's not how it's that's not how it works. Right. Flattering, but yeah, that's, that's yeah, yeah, totally. Well, where can uh, before we wrap this up? Where can people find you on social media if they want to follow all that stuff? Do you have anything coming up that you can promote? I know we can't. Life is different now than it normally is, but where can they I, find you online and stuff? I wish I had something to promote. Uh, I mean, I do serious mixes here and there, but even since the start of the season, I, I haven't even had time to really work into that. It's just been it's just games. Like I don't. There's not a lot of places to play in the city right now. Yeah. Uh, if any, really, there's, it's like a handful of them, but follow me at DJ Joe green on everything, every, any platform you can think of, except for uh PlayStation where it's DJ Joe green <laughs> underscore. <laughs> so everywhere else is DJ Joe green. And I'm sure, I mean, I have a good feeling that eventually in the next, I would say six months, things will pick up and then I'll be somewhere in town or 
in some other town and you can follow me there to keep up. Cool. Well, hopefully, yeah, they'll all start following you now. And then when it pops off, they'll know where you're going to be at. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> and when they come to Vegas, if they don't live there. When they come to Vegas for their one weekend rage fest, they'll know where to find you. Definitely. And if I'm not out somewhere, I'm going to sigh and groan and all that and have to come show you around town. <laughs> so. Perfect. And uh, you will now get constant DMs while you're DJing hockey games to uh, play Sandstorm. <laughs> Perfect. I, I, I couldn't ask for any more. <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. I was very interested in, you know, I do this podcast more for me. I, I know I, other people listen to it, but like, I, I'm very curious how people got their gigs, what kind of equipment they use, DJing, all these kinds of events. I've done all kinds of sporting events, but I'm so curious how it goes, like DJing hockey, football, basketball. Like I, I like learning all that stuff too. So I appreciate you uh, taking the time. I appreciate you having me on, man. Uh, you're definitely someone I look up to working with Lakers and everything you've done. Like every, everyone, every, every single person I know who has met you has terrific things to say. Even when I uh, shared that we're going to do this, my buddy, Zach reached out and he was like, Oh dude, that guy is amazing. He's, he's the best. And I, was I like, think, uh, Zach, he works for the Knights, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think he, he done some stuff with the PAC 12 while I was yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my buddy Lee sound engineer at Timor. Yes. Lovely. He's yep. like, oh, dude, he's so cool. So it's it's good to finally talk to you. I wish we could have met in person, but I'm sure down the road we'll, we'll definitely link up. The first moment I have in Las Vegas where we can meet in person, we're going to make it happen. Because it's it's been ha- meaning to happen for a couple of years now. But uh, yeah, I look for it because I'll be there. I'm I will be in Vegas. Whether whether I'm working or not, I'm going to make my way to Vegas as soon as I can. You got to let me know, man. You got my number now. Thank you Will so do. much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Of course, we'll talk soon, and uh, good luck the rest of the season. Same to you. All right. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. Later.